Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Full Time Show. I hope everyone is having a great day today. I'm Anthony, like usual, and today I'm actually by myself um, because uh, Dollar, unfortunately, is out of town. I'm out of town myself. Um, I wasn't actually planning on doing um, a podcast this week, but I did find a little bit of time to do one, and I figured, you know what? Why not? I might as well just do one. I'll do it by myself quickly. This won't be probably a very long podcast. Um, but, you know, I just figured, you know, why not get one out just to kind of voice my thoughts? Um, because obviously the transfer deadline day has passed. And uh, it's always one of my favorite times of the year. It's so exciting. You know, I'm just I was I was on a, I was always on my phone just checking my phone every five minutes you know seeing uh, you know any updates from Fabrizio Romano or you know regarding Kylian Mbappe or anything like that so uh, yeah but anyway guys we're about to get started in a second um, if you guys do want to uh, support the channel or to the channel support the podcast. Please make sure to share it uh, with a friend. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to grow and, you know, all those shares will help in simply making the podcast better, getting better guests, making it more entertaining. Um, and by doing so, you can also follow the Instagram at the full dot time show where we post daily updates on the football world. We posted about Moise Keane, uh, Antoine Griezmann, Saul, uh, Hector Bellerin, so many more. So without further ado, let's get straight into the podcast. Now, the first transfer that we're going to talk about is probably the most surprising one, uh, the biggest news of the deadline day, and that was of Antoine Griezmann moving back to Atletico Madrid. And I mean, this is crazy to think about, you know, we as we know, two years ago in 2019, um, Barca paid for Griezmann's release clause of 120 million euros, and that was only two years ago. Two years later, they're loaning him out to their rivals without a problem, and, and there's only reportedly a buy option of only 40 million euros. To think that, you know, this was a player who was worth 120 million euros only two years ago, um, and now, you know, Barca are, are essentially okay with giving away for uh, Griezmann for only 40 mil, which I find crazy. I mean, personally, I I think Griezmann's still worth like maybe like 50, 60 million. I think they maybe um, gave Atletico Madrid too good of a deal. Um, but yeah, let's talk about this deal. I mean, honestly, this is a good deal from Atletico, you know? Um, look, there's not really much to complain about this as an Atleti fan. You know, you have Antoine Griezmann, who has been at the club. He was world-class when he was playing for your club. So you already know what he can do. Now, obviously, he hasn't been in the greatest form over the last two years with Barca. And there's honestly a multitude of reasons for that. You know, it could just be the high pressure, you know, maybe playing um, with Messi. I don't know. Maybe that could have taken a hit. Maybe he just lost his confidence. There, there's many different things that contributed to the last two years and, and why they didn't work out with Barca. But, you know, we're not here to talk about the last two years. We're here to talk about now. And, and look, I know Griezmann's out of form, but 
the truth is that Griezmann is still one of the most talented players in the world. No question about it, right? We all know what he can do. Um, and I think that if he can be fit, if he can be the guy that, you know, Barca intended to buy him for, you know, back in 2019, Atletico Madrid have absolutely fleeced Barca here. I mean, think about it, really. They sell him for 120 million euros. And then imagine they get him on loan and then buy him back for 40 million euros. I mean, that's crazy. They still, even if they do activate that release clause, they still make a profit of 80 million euros. That's crazy. So, I mean, this is good business from Atletico, you know. For Barca, though, I know that a lot of fans are frustrated, not because he's leaving, but because Antoine Griezmann could have left earlier, you know. A lot, as we know, you know, Messi left um, Barca because of complications with the salary cap in La Liga, and you know, Antoine Griezmann is was currently or at the time was the highest paid player at the club after Leo Messi. I believe he was making something like eight hundred thousand euros a week, which, which is madness. That's crazy. Um, and you know, now Barca fans are upset. You know, like why couldn't you just leave earlier if you wanted to leave? Why can you leave earlier? We could have kept Messi. Um, and you know what? From a Barca fan perspective, like I can totally understand the frustration. I think I would be extremely frustrated as well. Um, because, you know, you just let go. You know, you're pretty much the main reason why our greatest player ever left. And now you decide to leave as well, you know. And Antoine Griezmann was kind of... He was, you know, a lot of fans were hoping for him, you know, this would be the year that he's going to come to his own. He's going to carry the line and, and prove to be the 120 million euros we paid for. Well, obviously, that did not happen. Unfortunately, it, I think it's safe to say that this, this transfer overall just was not a success. Um, you know, Antoine Griezmann was brought in to, you know, try winning the UCL. That was Barca's mission, you know. And at the time, like, I remember in that 2019 summer, like, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, shoot, you know, this is this is a solid team because, you know, they made some good signings. They made the signing of Frankie de Jong. They made uh, the signing of Anton Griezmann, obviously. And I'm thinking to myself, like, whew, you know, they, they're looking pretty dangerous. Um, so, I mean, look, it's, it's sad that it didn't work out because, obviously, Griezmann wanted to play there. Um... But, you know, not everything can work out, and, and uh, you know, you just have to move on sometimes. Um, but anyway, speaking of moving on, let's move on to Barca, since we're kind of on the topic of them. And Barca sort of replaced um, Griezmann with Luke de Jong on a, um, on a one-year loan deal. I believe there is an option to buy. I'm just checking right now. Um, okay, I'm, I'm actually not sure. I'm not going to check at this moment. But yeah, uh, this is questionable from Barca. Um, you know, I know Ronald Koeman uh, requested the player. He knows the player well. But, um, I mean, look, you look at his stats from Sevilla last season in all competitions. And in total, he played 2,138 minutes and only scored nine goals. Now, that's not terrible right that's I, I believe it's uh one goal every 237 minutes that's not terrible but 
you know, this is Barca that we're talking about. This is a team that, you know, is trying to compete for La Liga, for Copa del Rey, for the Champions League, for the Supercopa, for everything. They're trying to compete for everything. And I don't think Luke de Jong will really help them do that, you know. And, you know, you could also think, well, you know, they're in a rebuilding phase right now. And they definitely are. No question. They are 100% in a rebuilding phase. You know, they just lost Messi, arguably the greatest player of all time. You know, they've lost other players such as Xavi and Iniesta, you know, guys like Pique and uh, Busquets, Alba. You know, those guys are all up there in age. But, you know, Luke de Jong, I mean, he he's 31, you know, he's not a player who's who's making the squad any younger. He's, in fact, actually making them older. Because I believe Antoine Griezmann is 29. Uh, I, I could be incorrect, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a player who's just well out of his prime. And, honestly, I don't see the need for Luke de Jong. I think there's a lot of better players that Barca could have targeted um, earlier in the window. Um, I mean... I don't think he will be a starter. Like, in in the best scenario where everyone is fit, I doubt he'll be starting. Like, I I think the front three, assuming everyone is fit, will probably be something like Ansu Fati, Memphis Depay, and Usman Dembele. And that's a very safe bet. So, you know, he could be a guy coming off of the bench. And I guess when you look at it that way, it's not bad. But again, it's just like, what... What's the need in this? You know, if this is just going to be a guy who's going to be coming off the bench, then why didn't you just go for someone who's younger, right? So that you could develop him and, you know, you could trust for the future. That's kind of my take on that. Um, I know there are a lot of Barca fans who are quite upset with this move. And, uh, you know, I <laughs> just proved that I'm not being biased, guys, I promise. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just really, really strange. Maybe he'll prove us wrong, but... Um, I mean, look, only time will tell, right? But anyways, let's uh, stay in La Liga. Let's go to Real Madrid. We've talked about Atleti. We've talked about Barca. Now we're talking about Real Madrid. Real Madrid have signed French superstar from Liga. No, it is not Kylian Mbappe, but it is Eduardo Camavinga. And honestly, a really good signing from uh, Real Madrid, if you ask me. Um, I was personally really happy with this uh, signing. There's really not a lot to dislike about it, you know. Um, if you guys want to hear more of my thoughts on this uh, transfer, um, I wrote a little article on the Madrid underscore the Madrid Insider underscore two on Instagram. Feel free to check that out. But um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to like about this, you know. First of all, you're getting a young player, you know. Just like Barca, Real Madrid are in a rebuild mode. You know, they're still trying to rebuild from the post-Ronaldo era. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, you know, Ronaldo is, is arguably the greatest of all time. So, um, you know, they're, they're rebuilding. And I think this is a great, great signing. You're getting an 18-year-old who already has a bucket load of experience. You know, he's played with the French national team, he's played in Ligue 1, he's played a lot in Ligue 1, you know, he already has some European experience with Rennes um, in the um, Europa League, um, and what's so good about Kamavinga that I really like about this player is that he's very mature and he's very smart for his age, you know, he has good decision making, obviously he's not a perfect player, he still has a lot to polish, just like with any young 
player at 18 years old. There's never been a perfect 18-year-old. Um, so, yeah, uh, but a lot to like about him. You know, he's very athletic. He's quick. He knows how to use his body well. Um, you know, he's a very good dribbler. He's great at defending. One thing I will say, though, a lot of Madridistas, they think that he is a defensive midfielder. And I'll tell you right now, he's not a defensive midfielder. Um, he could probably play there, and I'm sure he's played there quite a few times. But he's not a defensive midfielder. I think he's best as an eight. Um, I'd say he plays very similarly to someone like Paul Pogba or Fede Valverde. Um, but, yeah, this is a great signing for me. It's 10 out of 10. Um, it was done very professionally, very quickly. Um and I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the white jersey this season. I think he will be great. Um, but yeah, anyways, staying in La Liga, I believe this is the last time we'll be in La Liga for today. But we're talking about Atletico Madrid's Saul, or I should say Chelsea's Saul. Yes, that is correct. Chelsea have brought in Saul on a one-year loan deal and, I mean, this is a really interesting buy. Um, you know, I I didn't expect this to actually happen. You know, I saw the rumors, but I didn't actually think this was going to happen. Um, but, you know, an interesting, interesting choice, you know. I think uh, Chelsea definitely, they, you know, filled in the positional need. You know, there's definitely a bit of a positional need right now, you know, with Saul in, in kind of like the defensive mid, deeper lying midfield at Chelsea, you know, simply because they have Jorginho, but, uh, you know, other than that, I mean, yes, they have Conte, but Conte has had, you know, some injury issues over the last couple seasons, um, so yeah, um, I think it's an interesting choice, you know, I don't know about this one, I think Saul is a player who is, is not as good as he once was, you know, he's been pretty, you know, bang average in, in the last two seasons with Atletico. He's actually not even really a starter with Atletico anymore under Diego Simeone. Um, I feel like, you know, Chelsea could have gone for a better option than Saul. Um, but then again, I mean, this this could prove me wrong. I mean, we all know how good Saul can be. Um, it's just a big if. And I'm not a very big fan of those if kind of players because, you know, it's like if he's fit, he's going to do well. You know, if he can get back in form, he's going to be amazing. You know, that's those are big ifs. You know, I prefer guarantees and I feel like Saul won't give a guarantee to Chelsea. It's a very big gamble. Like it'll either work out very well or it'll work out poorly. That's how I see this transfer working out. Um... But, you know, we'll see how he adapts to the Premier League, you know. Um, I'm Interesting, interesting. I, I don't, don't want to say too much because I have a feeling that he'll kind of prove me wrong for some reason. Um, and if I look back at this, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I look like such an idiot. Um, but anyways, that's enough of La Liga. We're now going to move over to Liga um, where PSG... So we're going to talk about Mbappe. So PSG reportedly rejected a monstrous 200 million euro bid for Kylian Mbappe. Yes, that is right. 200 million. 
We know that uh, Real launched a 160 million euro and a 200, uh, 180 million euro bid to PSG. Both were swiftly rejected by the Parisian club. PSG reportedly received a third bid by Real Madrid, but it was also rejected. And to me, this is insanity. This is insanity from PSG's part. Look, I, like, I don't want to ask questions, but like, how is it that a football club even dares to reject a 200 million euro offer? Like, especially for a guy whose contract runs out in a year from now. Like, this is a guy who in 10 months' time is going to be a free agent, you know? There's a very big chance that he will be playing at another club next season. And I understand that PSG, they want to win their UCL. But, you know, we've talked about this on the show before. I think even without Mbappe... PSG are still the very clear favorites to win the UCL. I mean, they still have the likes of Messi and Neymar, Di Maria. So, I don't know. I To me, it's just it's, it's crazy that PSG would reject this. Um, but, you know, this shows one thing, you know, from Madrid's point of view. You know, we know that, um, you know, Leonardo said in, in a press conference or within an interview uh, with Marca saying that, you know, they made these bids last minute, so they know they knew that it would be rejected by PSG just to show Mbappe that how much they want him. But I think now it's pretty clear to us that, you know, Perez actually wanted Mbappe now. Because if he really would want to play this game of, oh, you know, we just want to show him that we want him, then he wouldn't launch three different bids, and especially a bid of 200 million euros. Look, I I don't know if you guys remember, but I said that I think already 160 million euros is a little bit of an overpay. Now we're talking 200 million. To be honest with you, I'm a little happy that this deal didn't go through because Mbappe is, is not worth that money for a guy who's going to be, you know, able to sign a pre-contract in four months. You know, Mbappe is a great player, but again... He's going to be free in 10 months from now. So I'm kind of happy it didn't go through. Kind of sad. You know, I have a little bit of mixed emotions from a Madrid point of view. Um, but, you know, I, I I think Madrid will be able to handle without him for the time being. They still have Gareth Bale at the club. You know, he's, he's going to run down his final year of his contract. I don't think he will get a renewal. I think... I think the chances of him getting the renewal are so, so unlikely, like you'd probably have a higher chance of getting struck by lightning. You know, now I hope that's not a bad omen. Um, but, you know, you know what I'm getting at. Um, and, you know, Bale has looked pretty decent in the first few games. But anyways, we're not here to talk about Bale. We're here to talk about transfers. Speaking of PSG, they've also signed uh, Portuguese left-back Nuno Mendes from the uh, Portuguese league from Sporting Lisbon on loan with a buy option of 40 million euros. And the other way went uh, Pablo Sarabia uh, to Sporting for a one-year loan. Um, and this is a really good business from PSG. I think this is just great business from PSG overall. Um, Nuno Mendes is a very, very gifted footballer. He's very technical. He's very gifted um, athletically. Um, and he, he's a great player, very promising 
Um, you know, 40 million euros, it might be a little high for a guy who hasn't proven much yet. But this is a it's a good signing by PSG, if you ask me. Um, I think it's it's an upgrade from Juan Bernat. Um, and, you know, this is very possibly um, their next left back for the next 10 years. And, I mean, man, you keep looking at this PSG team. And every time I look at it, it just gets better and better and better. You know, you have the likes of Donnarumma and Navas at goalkeeper. Marquinhos and Ramos at the back. Hakimi and Mendes, you know, overlapping as fullbacks. That's going to be scary. That's going to be a very dangerous thing for defenders to deal with. You know, those overlaps, you know, crosses into the box. Um, you know, they're both players who are very good offensively, both very quick, um, as I mentioned. It just, I, I don't know how PSG could manage to even lose the UCL this season. Um, but we'll see. I, I think they're very clear favorites, but this is great business from PSG. Um, apparently, they will be paying Mendes' uh, full wages, which is understandable. Um, I doubt he even makes a crazy amount, um, considering he's with Lisbon. Um, but yeah, anyways, let's move over a little bit to Syria, where... Moise Ken rejoins Juventus on loan. Now, as we know, uh, Moise Ken left Juventus in 2019. And just like with Griezmann, he rejoins his former side, if you can believe it. Um, you know, obviously, it kind of seemed like, you know, the only signing Juventus would make would be Manuel Locatelli. But this was kind of like a last-minute you know, quote-unquote, I say quote-unquote Ronaldo replacement, but let's be honest, who can replace Ronaldo, especially not Moise Ken? Uh, you know, that's too much, you know, to ask from Moise Ken. I, I, I really like Moise Ken, but, you know, he's he's still too young. He's not good enough yet. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how this works out. Uh, you know, he hasn't had the greatest time with uh, Everton in the Premier League, which... I'm a little sad about, um, but I think it was just kind of a misuse. Never really got into rhythm. It just, whenever he was at Everton, it never seemed like he played with passion, like he wanted to be there. You know, when he was with PSG, it looked like he really wanted to be there. And I feel like this move will be a really good move for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, interesting move. You know, I, I hope he does well. I really like Moise Ken. You know, he's a. He has an interesting character, and uh, yeah, uh, hopefully he does well. Anyways, um, Arsenal make a signing. They make uh, they sign Tomiyasu uh, for a fee of 18 million euros. That is the reported fee, um, and yeah, an interesting signing. You know, young center back, 22 years old, uh, from uh, Bologna, from Syria, Japanese player, very good player, very um, promising player, I should say. Um, you know, I haven't seen much of him, but I've seen highlights. I've heard things about him, um, and he seems like just a very good signing, um, you know, for fairly cheap as well. Um, hopefully, he's, you know, the goal obviously is there to come and help the defense, which is in desperate need of help right now. Um, but I think this is a pretty good signing overall. You know, when I first looked at this signing, I was kind of like, 
you know, I, I wasn't very big fan of it, but now that I've kind of done a little bit of research, I've I've really come to the consensus, you know, this is, this is pretty good business um, from Arsenal. And obviously, Arsenal have a very, like, unless you're, you just haven't really been paying attention or just haven't noticed it, Arsenal have a very clear vision and plan, and it's to get younger. It's very clear. I mean, you look at all the players that they've bought, um, in this summer, which, by the way, Arsenal have spent the most money in the Premier League out of any team, if you can believe it. They've spent over 150 million euros on signings. Now, obviously, some of these signings are questionable um, because kind of when you look at it, like they've spent the most money out of any EPL team this year, but they still don't look like a good side. Um but, I mean, you look at the, the signings they've made. Ben White for 50 million euros. Martin Odegaard for 40 million euros. Aaron Ramsdale for 30 million euros. Uh, Tomiyasu for 17 million euros. Lokonga for 16 million euros. So, you know, these are all very young players, you know. Most of them defenders. Um, you know, Ben White, Lokonga, Tomiyasu, Ramsdale, a keeper. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is, I think, a good step. Uh, this is a, a step in the good direction uh, for Arsenal. Obviously, they've been atrocious this season. They're currently dead last in the Premier League after three games. They haven't scored a single goal yet. But, um, I mean, th- this is a good uh, plan, I think. You know, obviously, I think Arsenal at the moment still trust him. Uh, trust Mikel Arteta, pardon me. Um but, I mean, I don't think he has much longer at the club. Um, I think his future really depends on Norwich and Burnley, those two games. I think if he fails to win those two games, I think it's finito for him. I think it should be finito. Um, I've never been the – I've never, you know, admired Mikel Arteta. I think Arsenal were very kind of premature to get him. I feel like they kind of thought, well, oh, you know, he played with Guardiola or – yeah, you know, he coached with Guardiola, so, you know, he's going to bring all these tactics and bring all this. Well, it's not as easy as that. But at the same time, I feel like this is not all Arteta's fault. Like, I feel like there's simply just a lack of quality from this Arsenal squad. I mean, there's so much dead wood. We did a podcast um, surrounding Arsenal, and there's just so much dead wood in the team. Um the quality just isn't there. And at a certain point, like, I know fans, they always have the tendency to just blame managers. And, you know, understandably so. And managers are the ones who build the teams. They set up the tactics, all that. But at a certain point, you have to say that this is simply down to the players. And I feel like at some point, this is where you can say that. Because there's just not a lot of quality. I feel like Arteta has to be given a bit more time. I think that what he's doing will set Arsenal up in a good place for the future. Um, I think they've made some pretty decent signings. Um, Obviously, we'll see how they work out. It's going to be a long-term project, but I don't think Arteta has much time left. Um, So, you know, we'll see how that works out. but anyways, yeah, uh, let's talk about a few other transfers. Uh, Emerson Royale to Tottenham from Barcelona. Now, this is a, a, a definitely an um, interesting deal. Um, Tottenham, first of all, let's talk about Tottenham. 
I must say, I'm impressed with Tottenham. Tottenham have done some pretty good business this uh, summer. You know, obviously the big one, keeping Harry Kane. You know, some argue they should have sold him. Some no. But, you know, I think overall it's, it's a pretty decent decision to keep him. Um, I'm kind of on the fence of it. But, you know, they've made some good signings, you know. Adding Emerson Royale, you know, adding Christian Romero, that really um, strengthens the uh, back line. And, uh, you know, also adding Brian Keel, getting rid of Eric Lamella. Um, but, you know, Tottenham have looked really good in the first three Premier League games of the season. Um, there's currently top of the table uh, with nine points, you know. And honestly, look, it has not been the most attractive football in the world. But, you know, at the end of the day, result is a result. If you win, you win, you know. That is all that really matters at the end of the day, right? Um, obviously, I don't think they're going to win the title. I don't think that they have enough depth and enough quality to win it. You know, once they come up, I think, against guys like Liverpool, Chelsea, United, um, I think that's where their troubles will come against. And remember, I mean, there's going to be injuries as well. You know, what if guys get injured? That's also going to play a part, and that comes back to they don't have an incredible depth. But anyways... Um, yeah, let's talk about the signing. I mean, this is, I think, a pretty good signing. Um, Emerson had a great season with Real Betis last season. Um, he was brought back by Barca, I believe, from a buyback clause for 15 million euros. Which, by the way, this is some good business from Barca. Uh, to give credit, you know, buying him for 15 million euros and selling him for 25 million euros, almost making double the profit within just a couple months. That's pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be a very good signing from um, Tottenham. Uh, Adam and I, we discussed where Tottenham need reinforcement in their squad. And we did say right back, actually. Seems like uh, Nuno Mendes and uh, Fabio Paracetti, they listened to what we said. And they said, you know what? Those guys are right. And they got Emerson Royale. I think this is going to be a good signing for them. Um, and honestly, I'm really kind of interested to see where this Tottenham team goes. You know, as I said, they've made some good signings and a very interesting team. You know, look out for this team for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, guys, um, that's, I think, pretty much going to wrap it up for today's podcast. I believe we've talked about pretty much everything. Um, actually... You know what, there still are, you know, some other signings that we haven't talked about. Uh, Olympique Lyon signing, uh, Jerome Boateng. You know, I don't have that much to say about it. Um, Two-year deal, you know, he was a free agent. You know, decent signing. Uh, Obviously, they got rid of, they terminated the contract of Marcelo um, after a really bad performance. Um, There were also some other signings that happened, though. Dan James uh, to Leeds United for 30 million euros. Uh, you know, interesting signing by Leeds. I think he's not worth 30 million euros. I think he's worth 15 million euros at best. I don't think it's a good deal from Leeds, if you ask me. You know, Leeds need goal scoring. You know, they need players to score goals. Um, because right now, Bamford, Bamford, pardon me, he doesn't have a lot of help scoring goals. They have already a lot of playmakers in Mateusz Klich. Um, you know, uh, Oh, my God, I, f- I forget his name. Uh, Rafinha, pardon me. So they need goal scoring, and Dan James doesn't offer a lot of goal scoring. Um, but, yeah, um, also Moriba moves to RB Leipzig from Barca 
for a reporter fee of 15 million euros. This is a great signing from Leipzig. Um, you know, a very young midfielder with a lot of potential. Um, and yeah, just a good signing, you know, replacing Marcel Savitzer, um, who uh, uh, was bought by Bayern for 16 million euros. So they kind of, they still made their 1 million euro profit, which is, is good. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, interesting signing. I think he's going to do well. I think it's going to be a good opportunity for him to really showcase what he's, what he can do. He's going to get a lot of minutes. Um, you know, we'll see how he adapts to playing in Germany, playing in a different league. You know, uh, we know he came through the Barca Academy and it's kind of a better way that he left. You know, I, I kind of like Mariba to be honest. Um, you know, he's still a very raw player, but he's a player with a lot of potential and with a lot of upside. And I think that he will one day be a very good player. Um, you know, once he just, you know, improves his technique, improves his decision making, I think he's going to be great. But, you know, he already has the athleticism. He's very fast. He's strong. Um, you know, he's powerful. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how this works out. Um, but yeah, guys, that's going to wrap it up for me today. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, remember, if you guys want to show any love, please feel free to share the podcast with a friend. Uh, make sure to follow the Instagram at the full dot time show on Instagram. Again, please make sure to follow it. We always post updates about all the latest football news. Why not follow? We also give you guys updates on when we upload podcasts so that you guys know when you know um but yeah guys without further ado that's gonna wrap it up for me and have a very good rest of your day peace